Welcome to the Crown College Insider Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Dr. Ken Castor, who is the Professor of Youth Ministry at Crown. Exactly. Good to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about your background? Yeah, I uh, was raised kind of all over the U.S., and then we landed in Indiana when I was uh, in middle school and high school. I guess I had a couple of elementary school years there, too. And uh, that's where my life was changed. That's where God got a hold of our family Hmm. and where I got excited about youth ministry was during high school and just pursued that uh, ever since. So that that was when I was 16. God got a hold of me and gave me a heart for doing youth ministry, and I'm 46 now. So I've been doing that, doing this this next generation ministry world for 30 years, which is mind-blowing to me. Wow. Yeah. Was there a specific person in high school who mentored you into that, or? Yeah, I was I was uh, in a rich environment where I had a lot of people speaking into my life. I had some great youth leaders, so some youth pastors. I I was a part of Youth for Christ Campus Life, and I had a, had a couple of great Campus Life directors, at least who invested in my life in incredible ways. I had people along the way who, you know, they put their hand on my shoulder and say, "Hey, God." God wants you to do this, wants you to impact people's lives, or hmm. God wants you to live a certain way with your life, and you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of people who, who spoke a lot of high, um, they, they spoke a lot of high impact terms into my life and, hmm. and gave me a high standard to follow and to pursue. And um, I'm, I'm indebted to those people. Hmm. I, had, I had one one person named Happy Waltz who um, was a- <laughs> First old, name Happy? Ha- yeah, and wow. she was an old teacher of mine. And uh, I, remember, I remember getting ready to go into a new school, and she came up to me and called me Kenneth, because that's how she knew me from, from, uh, as a teacher. And, and so she called me Kenneth. And, and she said, um, God wants to use you to impact your friends. Hmm. And it was almost that simple, but it, it released me to, to uh, be a pastoral-minded person. Hmm among my friends. It was, it was very cool, and it came in handy on many occasions. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. What did your education include? Well, I went to uh, a Christian college in the Midwest and uh, graduated from there, got married to my wife, Kathy, and started working for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at Purdue University. I was their campus director okay. and uh, felt the need pretty quickly to get a little bit more education under my belt because I was, I didn't, I didn't get fully, uh, I was, well, let me say it. I was learning the hard way, kind of teaching myself how to do ministry Hmm. and I felt the need to get some more education. So I went off to a place called Regent College in Vancouver and studied under some incredible people at the time, uh, Eugene Peterson, J.I. Packer, um, some other Hmm. incredible leaders and uh, while doing that, I also served as a youth pastor at a church in Vancouver and cut my teeth in ministry big time there and learned how to uh, do some real grassroots, dynamic, authentic ministry while uh, learning s- through some mistakes. Um, kept pastoring, kept doing youth ministry, and uh, pursued a doctorate in ministry. Um, through a school called Trinity Western University out in British Columbia in Canada. So I spent a lot of years in Canada, about 12, and uh, learned how to do a lot of ministry there. And we came here to Crown in 2010. And so I've been plugging away f- for 
Yeah, eight, eight years. Eight and a half years, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, Dr. Castor, how did you end up at Crown? Yeah, that's fun. I was, we were at a stage in our life, our family was ready to move back to the States to be by my wife's family who lives here in Minnesota. Okay. And I was going to plant a church. So I'd gone through a whole process to plant a church with the denomination that I was with at the time. Hmm. And uh, we'd found an area and we were about to begin doing the things like forming a team, getting budgets together, getting all those all those plans together. And we, my wife and I sensed pretty uh, distinctly that the Lord just was going to be shutting this door. That hmm. we'd gone through this big process to get my heart ready to serve in this area as a pastor, and then we felt like the Lord was shutting the door. And about that time, uh, we got a phone call from Crown College, from the president of Crown at that time, and he said, hey, Ken, we've got an opening in the youth ministry department. Would love to have you come to Crown College. And to be totally honest with you, I had never heard of Crown College. (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say that, but I hadn't heard of it. Crown's, Crown's kind of a small school mm-hmm. uh, in Minnesota, and I wasn't a Minnesota guy, and I'd lived in Canada for so long, and right. um, I hadn't heard of Crown. And as mm-hmm. I started looking into it, I realized I had connection after connection, and I fell in love with the, the background of Crown, the heart for Crown, the, the mm. Jesus-centered approach that Crown takes mm-hmm. in all of the things that it does. Mm. Um, and then this, this heart for mission, and then um, they, they wanted me to come do uh, what I love to do, which is to equip the next generation in ministry. And, and I'm like, that can be my job? Wow. <laughs> I can do that? Like every day, all the time, I can equip the next generation in ministry because that's what I have been doing for a long time. And what's so cool about this whole story is the area that we had chosen to plant a church, we live in that area now. And what God has done is we've been able to be a part of several churches in that area, helping to restore them, or I've been a part of of some of their discipleship training or outreach trainings. Uh, We serve in a couple of local churches. And then on top of all of that, I have students now who are employed by those churches serving in their ministry, um, equipping the community. And so it's like the, the, the heart that God gave us to equip this area um, God has answered that heart in so many different ways that we couldn't have imagined mm. in, in grander ways and more impactful ways than we could have seen. So it's you equipping students at Crown to go out and equip other people in the community yes. and spread that. Yes. Which and that's is, very exciting. It's very exciting. And it's, it's precisely what I believe is supposed to be happening. So, right. uh, it's better than what we would have been doing otherwise, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Can you describe a little bit more about how how we can hear God's voice and what, like how to listen for that? Oh, wow. That's a, such a profound and good question. Uh, very, very rarely will, will, I believe very rarely will we know, oh man, that is exactly God speaking to me. And this is so profound, like a, a, right. a Samuel as a kid hmm. um, in the temple and you can read about it in First Samuel, and it's it's like, oh, I hear God's voice, and I know exactly what to do. I, I think more often, I think that God speaks to us through our everyday life with Him. 
hmm. and our everyday life and fellowship with one another. And he speaks to us through his word. And so we need to be in scripture. We need to be living it and breathing it. We need to be um, uh, in, in the word of God frequently so that, <laughs> because I think most of, most of God's answers for us in life are found in there. In his word. And it's in his word. And it's not like it's a manual where we have a question, what what school should I go to? Right. And you open it up to John 14 and it <laughs> says that you should, although the word crown is in the Bible quite <laughs> frequently. Um, I, I think it's more, more of a walking with Jesus sort of thing. Hmm. And so I would encourage a lot of high schoolers as they're thinking about where to go to school, if, if they want to hear God's voice, mm-hmm. Developing that pattern where you're walking with God is really important. And if, if maybe it's not a habit right now of how to walk with God, how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to, how to know God's will for your life, Crown is actually a great place to come and to and learn those learn things. Those things. Um, because we, we have a lot of encouraging opportunities for students to grow in what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And what it means to have God's call on your life to mm-hmm. serve him wherever you go, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I add something else to this yeah. too? Yeah. I think a lot of people worry about having a really clear call. Hmm. And so they'll say, well, I, don't, I don't know if I should do this or do this. And what, what is God's will yeah, for my knowing life? Knowing the exact path. The exact path. Yeah. And they'll struggle with that. And so I often say, well, I think it's a little easier than that. I think it's like a, a parent who who asked their child, hey, do you want ice cream or do you want chocolate cake for dessert? <laughs> and very rarely does the kid go, oh, I don't know what I should do. I don't know what your will is for me, dad. Right. I don't know if I should, what if I choose ice cream and you really wanted me uh, to choose cake? Okay. And I just don't think God plays those kind of mind games with us. Mm-hmm. I think he says, hey, um, Here's one option. Here's another option. And what I really want from you is to walk with me through this choice. Hmm. And God is going to walk with us. He's going to love us. He's going to be there with us. He, of course, wants us to make right choices. But if both choices or multiple choices seem good and you're fretting over which one, which choice to make, right. um, probably crown is the right answer for you. But uh, <laughs> there. I don't think we need to worry about it so much. And we just need to right. enjoy hmm. the opportunity that God's giving to us. Um, so yeah. God wants to enjoy walking with us through this life. So I, I think that we should, we should trust the Lord enough to, to make decisions and, and move forward. Yeah. And that, that reminds me of something a mentor once was telling me. Uh, she said, God can't steer a parked car. Yeah, that's great. Like, go like that. go in one direction, and if it's not the right one, God's going to steer you another direction. Is that kind of what you're saying? I think that's too? great. Yeah, you trust the leading of, of the Spirit of God, and uh, the Spirit will lead you. And so if you're going down a path that's wrong, and you're but you're attentive to the Lord in your life, you'll know that it's wrong, and, mm-hmm. and He'll redirect you, or He'll close some doors, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes maybe the path is okay, but He's got another plan for you. And I, I think the, the important thing, similar to your analogy, the important thing is to make that move. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to wait, but the waiting should be upon God, mm-hmm. right? So, so What do you mean by that? Well, it's proactive. So you're, Psalm 27, 14, be strong, take, take heart, wait upon the Lord. 
be strong and take heart. Hmm. And I, I love the, the um, activity of that. So waiting upon God is a, is a beautiful thing, but waiting doesn't equate what we think waiting does today, hmm. where it's no fun, where it's, it's, uh, um, it's anxious ridden, where, right. where I've got to make a decision. Um, I, think, I think part of waiting is, is sometimes making a decision moving forward when we don't know what to do, but there's a path ahead that we could take and, and it doesn't seem like it's closed by God. And I think that we can move forward that way. Mm-hmm. So part of, part of the, the goal, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but part of the goal of your time at a school like Crown is to, to help you in that movement with God. Hmm. So to trust him to take a step, um, to pick a major mm-hmm. and pursue it, mm-hmm. to, um, to develop good friendships mm-hmm. that are going to be lifelong, mm-hmm. right? To, to take a chance at doing a dramatic internship so that you can learn a, a hmm. craft, a skill set to get certified in something, to earn that degree so that you can pursue something with your life. I, I think that sort of leadership challenge is um, hmm. part of the process of waiting, hmm. right? Yeah. So what we want to do with our lives sometimes seems so far into the future. God's style of waiting for us is often an intentional one where we pursue him and we pursue his will for our life. Almost that waiting is an action. It's in an action. Itself. And waiting in, the, in our culture is kind of like this. Oh, I'll start it when I'm 30. Or, I'll, or, or it's, I don't want to wait. I'm going to take it now. And mm-hmm. I think God's process of waiting is much more active. It's, it's like going on a walk with somebody. And, and the journey of the walk is almost more important than the destination, mm. right? So you're walking hand in hand with somebody or you're walking the same path and you're, you're talking about life and you're sharing life together. So. And that's what I love about Crown is that there are a lot of great professors here who are willing to invest in students and help tell them, oh, I, this is a strength of yours or this is kind of just for guidance and listening to that counsel. That's a, that's a strength of crown is that we have faculty and staff who want to be walking partners with our students. Just the way that God is walking partner with us, they, faculty and staff want to come alongside students and, and walk in life intentionally with our students here. What does ministry look like today? In the youth ministry world? Yeah. Oh, it's changed so much. Youth ministry has this vibrant tradition, a long history uh, of, of movement in the United States and around the world where uh, people were scared to death of teenagers and like, we've got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody help. <laughs> and so a lot of crazy people over the years have, have run to the rescue and become youth leaders, youth workers, youth pastors. And um, <laughs> I'm so thankful for those, those amazing people who have led yeah. the way. And uh, for a long period of time, Youth ministry programs at colleges have trained people for a traditional youth pastor or a youth ministry job. Okay. And so in the past, what that kind of looked like sometimes is that nobody else wants to do this, so we've got to hire somebody who's an expert (laughs) to do this job. And so um, I love those people who step up to the plate for that sort of role. But Mm -hmm. things have changed a lot in recent years. 
How so? And, well, culture has changed. Culture isn't as church-based as it used to be. So in some ways, um, that full-time uh, youth pastor job maybe is a little bit more difficult to find for some people. Hmm. I, I don't know that there are less jobs out there, but there um, are less jobs in proportion to the amount of people that are in the United States. Yeah. Just because the amount of, of uh, Christians in the U.S. Hmm. has not grown in proportion with the population growth. So for that reason, do you encourage people in youth ministry to also look at other skill sets and and just build that up while they're at, at college? Or? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would encourage, let me answer it this way, I would encourage students who are in other fields hmm. to be plugging into youth ministry. And this is one of the ways it's changed. When, we're, when we are uh, training our next generation of youth workers here at Crown, we are training them to equip all kinds of people to be investing in youth ministry. The mm. old model is that the youth worker, the youth pastor, was the one who did all of the youth ministry. Right. The, the proper way, and even a more biblical way of doing things, and I'm excited about it, is that our students are going to graduate and they're going to know how to equip teams of people to do the work of ministry. This is Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. So the role of the pastor teacher is to equip the body of Christ to do the work of ministry. Hmm. So our students are going to know how to come alongside moms and dads, uh, nurses, business people, uh, teachers in the school system, hmm. um, auto mechanics, and engineers, and, and their goal is going to be, hey, guys, how can we all come together as partners in ministry so that we can equip the next generation to follow Jesus or so that we can equip this next generation in these needs that they have so that they're not left behind? How, how can we as a church rally around this next generation and support them where, where they need support? How can we challenge them to to uh, raise the standard and mm. do incredible things for God, but, right. but not based on one really cool, charismatic, young adult guy who's getting a full-time job in ministry. How can we do it as a whole team together? So our mm. students are graduating and going into churches and ministry organizations and social work settings and cross-cultural settings and children's ministry settings, and and they can do all of the old traditional skill sets, but they're even more um, targeted to equip other people to invest in the next generation. So that's, okay. to me, that's the most important change that's happened. And I think Crown is cutting edge hmm. in leading the way hmm. in, that, in preparing students for their career. And it can be a lifelong career of equipping other people to do the work of ministry. Hmm. Yeah. That's a calling for all majors then, is it what you're is. saying. It is. So um, our, our students that are involved in our youth and children's and next generation ministries, they are a special crop of people who are going to <laughs> dedicate their lives to serving the next generation. And that's, that's just an incredibly special hmm. person. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard. Let me put it this way. It's, it's looked down upon in our society. Hmm. And our society doesn't recognize how valuable people are who invest in the next generation. Just like public mm. school teachers are, are not given the credit that they're due 
And so we have an amazing education department here at Crown. That I love what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I value what they're doing because they're partners in ministry with us. Right. They're, they have so many hours a week they're investing in the life of a young person. So, Dr. Castor, can you explain the importance of intergenerational connections within the church? It's, it's key. It's vital. So if students are only connected to one person, like a youth pastor, or they're only connected to a small group leader, mm-hmm. then they're not actually connected to the life of the church. Mm-hmm. So having this interwoven fabric, this network is what I usually refer to it as, is so important. And so a young person, a child or a, a preteen or a teenager, they need to see vibrancy of faith in an older person in the church. Mm-hmm. Somebody who actually notices them also and wants to invest in them. Uh, there are some studies out there that say you have to have five older people intentionally investing in the life of one student in order for their faith to stick wow. for their life. Wow. Right? We have to we have to integrate weave students into the fabric of the life of the church. If they're only connected through a children's ministry program or they're only connected through a youth group program, then they're they graduate and everybody always says this, Shayel, they say, Oh, students are leaving the church. And I say, No, they're not leaving the church. They were never actually a part of it. Hmm. because they weren't integrated into the life of the church. They were a part of youth group, and then they hmm. graduate from youth group, and they've got nowhere to go. Wow. Because they were never a part of the, the rest of the church, yeah. right? What are some of the ways we can help bridge the gap between generations then to, to help that? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would love to see the older generations in a church or in a neighborhood or a family, I would love to see them first and foremost following Jesus themselves. Hmm. So we just, we talked about how uh, students mimic the older generation. Right. They learn from the older generation. If the, imagine if the older generation is fully lit in their passion for Jesus, mm-hmm. that is going to have a ripple effect on the younger. So mm-hmm. that's number one. That's got to be number one, a Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused way of living among the older generation. Then the older generation has to be intentional to give opportunity of ministry to the younger generation. So I think this is how we, we bridge the gap because it is hard. It's hard for the older generation to understand the younger, to yeah, get what's and then going the younger on, to listen, and for the younger to understand the older, want and, to, yeah, show respect and all those things. There, there is a challenge that way, but if the older generation sets the tone of faith, mm-hmm. and then they are intentional, and they, I, I get in trouble for saying this sometimes, but I say it in a lot of places. Okay. Then the older generation needs to step underneath the younger generation, lift the younger generation up, and let the younger generation lead. For instance, yes, uh, the older generation is better at leading a Bible study, but that's the reason why the younger generation needs to learn how to lead it. Wow. That's the reason why the younger generation needs to have the opportunity to practice Mm -hmm. at leading it. Yes, the older generation is better at serving others, perhaps. I'm not so (laughs) sure about that, but that's what people think. Well, the younger generation needs that opportunity to serve. I, I uh, did a study at one church that wouldn't allow somebody to become a leader in their church unless they had a younger generation person that they were training at that job. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So the, the senior pastor couldn't be the senior pastor unless he was training 
a young young adult or a youth uh, to take over that job, so to wow. speak, or the worship leader, or the sound booth person, or the small groups coordinator for the church, or or the usher. No matter what role it was, the mm-hmm. vacation Bible school craft leader. No matter what role it was, nobody in that church could have a position without mentoring some other person who was younger hmm. in that role. Wow. I mean, talk about intergenerational yeah. connection and right. intentionality. And what that became for those students was an environment of encouragement. So you've hmm. got to, the older generation needs to be focused on Jesus. They need to be intentional and they've got to offer an environment of encouragement where all the time they're saying to the next generation, um, we believe in you. We think you can do this. Now, I don't mean this in like the stereotypical millennial way, okay. which is, hey, here's a ribbon for last place. Yeah. Right? No, I don't mean like that. Okay. It's what I mean is mm-hmm. the true meaning of the word encouragement, where, where it's not to make somebody feel good. It's encourage means to put courage in somebody. Hmm. So the young people have an incredible uh Difficult life ahead of them, let's be honest. They've got a lot of struggle, a lot of fire to go through. But the older generation can instill in them this courage Hmm. to to go after it and to stand tall for Jesus and to be bold in their life and Hmm. be confident in their calling from God and to be confident that they're going to figure that out as they walk with God at Crown. Yeah, right? right. So I love seeing our students come in, and, and we have an older generation that invests in them in this way. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing students graduate and and just be emboldened in their faith. And, and I love seeing the change that happens from when they start at Crown to when they graduate. Mm-hmm. And we have world changers out there right mm-hmm. now who are doing incredible things um, that, that only God could have had in his mind, right? Yeah. But it's but it he lets us be a part of it together as an intergenerational community. It's really mm. fun. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Castor, for joining the Crown Insider Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Honor to be here. Thanks, Shail. This podcast was created by students in the content marketing team at Crown College. To contact us, send an email to marketing at crown.edu or find us on www.crown.edu. All material copyright 2019.